The Bible has so much to say about intercession, intercessory prayer. So let me say this tonight as we get going. And I want you to really hear my heart this evening. I realize that messages on prayer and intercessory prayer sometimes can be like casting pearl before swine. We know a lot about, or at least the conceptual idea of prayer. I wonder how many, though, out of the ones in this room, how many real prayer warriors do we have? You see, most of us tonight, if you've been saved any length of time, you could get up, give your own dissertation on prayer how important prayer is songs are sung about prayer we've all heard messages preached about prayer you may have even read an article or a book about prayer and there are certain aspects to praying and prayer one of the most important and the most oft mentioned in scripture is this aspect of intercession Intercession, intercessory prayer is praying on behalf of someone else's needs. Praying for somebody else. Not necessarily our own needs, our own situation, but coming to the Lord on behalf of others. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but in a crowd this size, I wonder what the percentage would be of those who would say, Preacher, I pray consistently four to five days a week. I don't know. I wonder what percentage of us really do that or have that approach to life in our daily schedule. I'm afraid that we'd be embarrassed Disappointed if we really knew for all of us in this room how little we really, really pray. And I say that tonight holding my hand up. I bring the message this evening not because I feel like that I have arrived in prayer, I may be the biggest struggler in the room so I don't bring the message tonight as an expert I bring the message to my fellow brothers and sisters my fellow strugglers because I do realize what a battle it is to pray if you ever want to really engage in spiritual warfare just get serious about prayer if you ever want to come under attack are you listening to me if you ever want to come under assault or under attack, just start trying to pray, not for your own needs, but start trying to pray for the needs of other people. And I promise you, you'll come under satanic attack. There'll be things that happen in your life. There'll be an effort to sidetrack you and to distract you when it comes time to pray and comes to that effort of praying. You'll get more interruptions than you ever thought about. 
I'm not an expert. But I bring this tonight because it's in our text. It's in Colossians 1 verse 9. And I just believe that what's in the Bible, we're duty-bound to preach it, whether we're great at it or not. And so I want to help myself. And I want to help you. Because I'm convinced that of the many weaknesses of the Christian church, this may be paramount. Paul teaches us about intercession in so many passages in the New Testament. Jesus spoke of intercession. We learn about intercession in the Old Testament. But one of the classic passages on intercession we find in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Would you look please in verse 1? Paul said, I exhort, therefore, I encourage you, I, I authoritatively teach you and admonish you on the subject. That's, that's what he means, I exhort you. We see that word exhort often in the New Testament. It's a strong word. It's encouragement, it's advice, it's counsel. And he says, I want to encourage you, I want to give you counsel that first of all, supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this, this praying, this intercession, this giving of thanks for all men, is good and it's acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. In other words, the Apostle Paul is saying uh, to Timothy, uh, this pastor at Ephesus, he's saying, I want you to, don't forget, Timothy, that while you're, conducting the uh, uh, order in the life of the church and, and while you're, you're ministering to the church and while you're preaching and pastoring and overseeing and administ- administrating the work and while you're being the under-shepherd under the Lord Jesus Christ who's the chief shepherd, don't forget to stress, to teach, to model and to implement in the life and the schedule of the church Intercessory prayer. Prayers, supplications before the Lord, giving of thanks for all people, all men, particularly those in leadership. That's what he's teaching. Preacher, why is it that on Wednesday nights in our prayer meeting, why is it that we devote the latter part? Why do we go through those prayer requests? Why do you encourage people to come forward and kneel down at the altar and pray? Is it just so we can take up time? No. Is it a meaningless exercise? Is it a relic that has no meaning now? Just a formality? No. It's because, friend, God... God commanded us in the local church to be intercessors. God commanded churches. God commanded pastors to lead their church in intercession. God commanded ministers and preachers to model and to lead and to instruct the congregation on what it is to go before God on the behalf of other people. That's why we do it. I know some churches that are so dedicated to intercessory prayer that they have devoted 
the entire prayer meeting. (laughs) Isn't that strange that we think it's strange that people call a true prayer meeting, prayer meeting? Most churches that we affiliate with, they call Wednesday night service prayer meeting, but there really isn't a whole lot of praying that goes on. Am I right or wrong? You know I'm right about this. I am convicted by the need and by my lack of true intercessory prayer. Go back to Colossians chapter 1. We know that this church here in Colossae is a young church more than likely started by an associate of Paul. Epaphras. Word gets back to Paul about their spiritual life, their spiritual journey, their spiritual zeal and testimony. And Paul just, he's just ecstatic. He's just rejoicing. And he's so, if I could say it this way, he's proud of them. He's excited and thankful for what God is doing in their midst, in their life, in their heart. And so he has said so many things to him already, and we've talked about that. But he gets down here in verse 9, and I want you to look at it with me, please. For this cause, he said, for what cause? He had just heard about their faith. He had just heard about their passion, their zeal, their growth in the Lord. He had just heard about their good testimony and how well they were doing spiritually. And if we could put it in these terms, he had heard about the quality of their own Christian lives. And I'm telling you, he was thrilled. And he said, we heard about this from Epaphras. Epaphras told us about your spiritual journey and how God has saved you and you're dedicated to the Lord, you're serious about Jesus. And I'm telling you, that just causes us to rejoice. And he says in verse 9, for this cause, or because we heard about all this, watch this, we also, since the day we heard it, Do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Let me just say that the latter half of verse 9, that is what Paul is going to articulate to them down in these next several verses. He said, I want you to know that I pray for you. My team, my associates, we pray for you. We intercede for you. And here is what we intercede. Here is what we pray. When we go to God on your behalf, when we're calling your name out before the Lord, and when we're praying for you, here's what we're praying. Here's what we're asking Jesus to do. He enumerates that, articulates that down in these verses. And tonight, I had originally planned just to go through that prayer and just to teach us and talk to us about what it was that Paul prayed for these people. (laughs) But I can't get away from the first part of verse 9. And I can't gloss over it. I can't just mention it and say, well, he prayed for them. God laid it upon my heart to just stop. Stop there. Camp there. Park there for a moment. 
focus on that for just a moment before you move on to the other because it is powerful it is impactful it needs to be said it needs to be stated and we need to remember that Paul was an intercessor he really was and we find in the first part of the verse in this statement that he makes some instructions on intercession let me give them to you quickly tonight First of all, we learn that intercessory prayer should be a reality we live in, not just some spiritual mountaintop that we visit occasionally. Intercessory prayer should be a reality we live in, not just some spiritual mountaintop that we visit occasionally. Paul says, I want you to know, verse 9, we pray for you. He was very explicit. He wasn't scared, ashamed, bashful to just come out and state, listen, I want you to know we pray for you. Obviously, it was true because it's in Scripture. <laughs> Paul wasn't lying. He says, I, I, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Sometimes, I don't know, understand why, but we can almost, when we say that, I'm afraid sometimes we think somebody will misinterpret our words and think we're being self-serving or that we're trying to be ultra-spiritual, or falsely pious. Maybe sometimes we hesitate to tell people that we're praying for them because we don't want them to think that we're trying to exert spirituality or anything like that. But can I just say this, friend? If the Apostle Paul made it known and was crystal clear that he was praying for individuals, I think it's okay for you and I to tell people that we're praying for them. It's okay to let them know. In fact, I love the fact that, that, that this was part of his encouragement to them. He wanted them to know that he was praying for them. He wanted them to understand, listen, if they didn't have anybody else in this world that they knew were praying, was praying for them, they could count on the Apostle Paul that he was going to be lifting up their name before Jesus in prayer. You can count on me. When you think of Paul, I want you to think about the fact that I'm praying for you. Do you have somebody like that in your life? If you do, you're, you're a blessed person. Question, will you be that for somebody else? Will you be that prayer warrior for somebody else that they can count on? That, I mean, every time they think of you, they can say, you know what? I know so-and-so is praying for me because they told me they were. And they're a person of their word. Paul said, I want you to understand that I, we've not stopped praying for you ever since we heard about what God is doing in your life. In fact, it's interesting. Go to Ephesians 1, if you would, please. It's interesting that in Romans 1 and Philippians 1 and other passages of Scripture, the Apostle Paul had a tendency to let his readers know that he was praying for them. Look at Ephesians 1. i got a new Bible. I'm trying to work in my new Bible here. So the pages are sticking together. Ephesians 1, look at verse 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? It sounds like Colossians. He said, I want you to know, after I heard of your faith in Jesus and your love unto all the saints, look at verse 16, I cease not, there it is again, to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Man, as soon as I heard that you got saved, 
As soon as I heard that you said yes to the Lord and that God's doing something in your life, I want you to know I've been praying for you. Man, I hope that like, for instance, uh, Jeremy, uh, two weeks ago when he came and got saved, gave his heart to the Lord and he stood up here, I hope when you came by and you shook Jeremy's hand and you shook the folks that joined the church, you shook their hand, I hope that when you got to Jeremy, I hope you looked at him and said, listen, Jeremy, I don't know you, you don't know me, but I'm telling you, I'm praying for you. And I hope you have. Paul said, I want you to know I'm praying for you. And I... I pray for you consistently, regularly. It wasn't just some spiritual ideal. You know, that's a good thing. Boy, I tell you, we need to pray for others. I tell you, we need to pray for others. And, you know, occasionally I do. Occasionally, if I'm in a good mood, occasionally if my schedule works out just right, occasionally if I'm in a season of revival in my own personal life, I might intercede. I might pray for somebody else. Or if there's a tragedy, or if there's this, or if there's that, or if I feel pressure, or whatever, I might engage in intercessory prayer, and I hit it here, and I hit it there, and I just, you know, Paul said, uh-uh. It's something, it's, that's somewhere I live. I live in intercessory prayer. I don't just visit it. It's not just some, some vacation, uh, some, some remote spot that I go to every now and then. I live my life interceding for other people. It's kind of like this. Let me ask you, do you live in intercessory prayer? I, I, I hesitate to tell you this. One of my favorite restaurants... And y'all know me, all right? It's, it's just us on Sunday night, okay? I can talk and be free here. I like to eat. Okay? I, I don't know if you know that or not. If you like to eat, say amen. It's okay. It's okay. It's not a sin to like to eat, you know? I like to eat. One of my favorite places to eat, and I've been there four times in my life. Here's the address. See if some of you know where I'm talking about. 9401 Glenwood Avenue, Raleigh, North Carolina. Who knows where it is? You get a free candy, whoever said that. It's the Angus Barn. It's the Angus Barn. It's been around for decades up in Raleigh. Wonderful, wonderful. Like, what's so wonderful about it? You can get a steak at Western Sizzling. I know you can. I know you can, all right? (laughs) And I've gotten a steak at Western Sizzling, and it's good. It's good. I ain't the Angus Barn. <laughs> Not the Angus Barn. It's more expensive. <laughs> the Angus Barn's more. Hey, that's why I've only been there four times in my life. <laughs> It's not something, hey, it's not, it's, I, I, I don't go there a lot. I'm 46 years old, been there four times. I don't live there. I don't eat there much. Let me tell you where I eat. All the time. Most of the time. Regularly. Consistently. My favorite address. 233 Millbrook Village Drive. That's where I live. That's got better food right there than anywhere else in the world. Amen. All right. I'm preaching truth. I don't live at the other place. I've just been there four times in my life. 
I live at home. See what I'm saying? And, and, and I wonder, how do we treat intercessory prayer? I mean, if I were to ask you tonight, raise your hand if you know we ought to pray and intercede for others. Every one of you that are listening, at least, and have half a brain would raise your hand. So let me ask you a question. Do you live there? Or do you just visit it? Paul said, I want you to know that I live in intercessory prayer. I make it a regular habit of my life. Do you? Statement number two. Intercessory prayer should be consistent, not just hit or miss. And, and it really goes along with the other. But I don't want it to, uh, you to miss it. What he said there, he said, we don't cease to pray for you. The word cease there just means to stop. He said, I hadn't stopped praying. Me and my associates, we've not stopped praying for you. It's consistent. Number three, intercessory prayer. Listen now. Intercessory prayer should come before we offer advice, instruction, or counsel. Especially if it's unsolicited. He says, and I don't think it's, it's out of order, I think it's on purpose. He says, listen, I want you to know we're praying for you. We pray for you, we intercede for you. And here's what we intercede for. Here's what we're asking God for in your life. And it's like before he ever offered them any kind of instruction, he said, I want you to know, I'm praying for you. I'm covering you in prayer. Isn't it so, so easy? Especially if you think you're close to them. <laughs> to go up to somebody and just give them a piece of advice. Here, let me, oh, hey, hey, come here, come here. I know you're going through something. Let me give you some advice. Well, that's okay. But did you pray for him first? Did God tell you to tell him that? Or did you just assume that, number one, they wanted you to talk to them and give them some counsel? Or did God tell you to do that? You see, we know God told Paul to do this. He prayed for him first. Be careful about unsolicited advice in the life of somebody. Seriously. Be careful about always voicing your opinion in somebody else's life where they haven't opened the door. Does that make sense? Is anybody out here tonight? Does that make sense? Well, bless God. No, don't bless God with that. (laughs) If God tells you to tell them, you tell them. But you better make sure that God's the one that's told you to tell them whatever you're fixing to tell them. You see, I'm afraid it's a whole lot easier just to voice my opinion about something and I hadn't spent one minute on my knees before the Lord praying for that person. Be careful what you say in a crowd or in a conversation about somebody else that you hadn't even prayed for yet. Be careful about that. Paul said, let me tell you something. I have interceded for you 
and I've prayed for you. And that leads to a platform that you can have to where when God tells you to speak truth into their life, that prayer is a platform that God has put you on. But you're not ready to speak truth in their life if you hadn't even prayed for them yet. One writer wrote, he never, Paul never offered teaching advice or encouragement except in the context of prayer. He would not give verbal input until he had thoroughly prayed for them and for their situation. You say, why is that the case? Friend, if we haven't even prayed for that person or for their situation, we're not ourselves even in the frame of mind to be able to approach them and to get God's mind on it. Number four, intercessory prayer is not panic mode praying. It's interesting. He prayed for them (laughs) even though they were doing well spiritually. (laughs) We have that reversed, don't we? (laughs) He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought intercessory prayer was for those who were struggling. Yes, it can be. It doesn't have to be. I thought intercessory prayer meant that somebody was in dire straits and they had a huge need and a huge problem and that now I'm going to pray. And, and it very well can be that, but it doesn't have to mean that just because we're interceding for somebody that they're in a heap of trouble. Paul was rejoicing in how great they were doing spiritually in the spiritual fervor they had, in the spiritual fruit that God was doing, uh, producing in their life, in the work that the Lord was doing in them and through them, their testimony. He had already said that he thanked God for them. And he says, but I want you to know, I'm praying for you. He didn't wait until he has, had to mash the panic button to pray for him. He was in the regular habit of praying for them. Question, is your habit of intercessory prayer regular, or is it just reactionary? Is it just reactionary to when there's a crisis, when there's a need, when there's a blow-up, when somebody's about to fall off this or that or when the wheels have come off I'm, I'm, I'm not discouraging that kind of praying because we know that God does hear and answer crisis mode prayer thank God but my point is this that shouldn't be the only time we intercede for people there ought to be some people on your regular prayer list gang that you pray for by name consistently regularly regardless of what's going on in their life. And there are a lot of people you can put on that. Certainly family would fit. Close friends, brothers and sisters in your church, lost people, your pastor, your pastoral staff, your deacons, your Sunday school teacher, your leadership. Hey, your co-workers, your employers and employees, your neighbors. Who's on your prayer list, your regular prayer list? Then I close with this. You still with me, aren't you? Intercessory prayer includes both petition and phrase. 
Would you notice what he says? He had already said in verse 3, hey, we give thanks to God, the Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ for you. Then here in verse 9, he says, for this cause, since we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. He was thankful for the work of God in their life. When you pray, when you pray for others, do you ever stop? When's the last time you said, now, Lord, I thank you that you are doing this in the life of this person. Lord, I thank you for this. And you mention that person. See, it's not just... Lord, I come before you and I ask you for this, I ask you for this, I ask you for this, I ask you for this. Remember, remember, true prayer and intercessory prayer is both petition and praise. Think in the last seven days. Think of somebody that has blessed you. God has used them to bless you in some way. You think about them? And have you gone before God this week and said, Lord, I just want to just stop and thank you for this. Thank you for how you saved so-and-so. Lord, I praise you for what you're doing in so-and-so's life. Lord, I've been asking you to work behind the scenes And Lord, answer prayer and speak to them, God. You're the only one that can get a hold of them. And I've been watching you do it, Lord. And I just want to stop and praise you that you've been doing this in their life. Intercessory prayer is both petition and praise. So many of you tonight are so, so conscientious. about blessing spiritual leadership. Blessing your preacher, blessing your staff, blessing your Sunday school teacher, blessing our family. Through these 24 years now, even when we were just staff, receiving notes in the mail, gift cards, special things that just bless us, Anonymous things. But somebody who's normally here, I don't think they're here tonight. Somebody mailed this to me probably a year or so ago. And it was so special, (laughs) I keep it on my desk. I keep it by my phone. Every time I reach my, my, my telephone in my office, it's laying right there. And here's what it says. Christian, thank you for being my friend and my pastor. I just now prayed for you and your family. He goes on and he talks about my family, my brother and sister, and he mentions them by name. Then he mentions my mother. And then he says, I'll give you a clue who it is. Down at the last line, he says, you are very tall. You're six foot two. 
No, they're not six foot two, but then he says, from Bobby, from Bobby. Let me tell you something. You can't put a price tag on that. I'll say this. I don't think he's here tonight, is he, Roslyn? I don't want to be standing behind Bobby Wynn at the judgment seat. I know some of you are like, ah. No, I'm not laughing. I guarantee you that man prays more for others. And in the record books of heaven where it really matters. And when it comes to Jesus who's really keeping the record. I think he's a whole lot more impressed with that. Than he is a lot of the bunk. That a lot of us, a lot of many of us want to offer up to God. As much as God says in his word about intercession. I appreciate people that take it seriously. And I want to take it more seriously. And I need Jesus to help me to really be an intercessor. And may God help us as a church body and a church family. And all God's people said,